So we are in a series called um, Bearing Fruit, or uh, Called to Bear Fruit. And uh, we're, we're almost to the end of it, but it's been a really beautiful teaching series looking at the, the fruit of a life of a community of people who've received the Holy Spirit's empowering presence. Um, but let me read you from, uh, from Jonathan's, um, from his, his message to us in an e-news right at the beginning of this series. And he said, he, he wrote this, and I thought it was so, so beautiful the way he put it. In his letter to the Galatians, Paul presents a picture of two communities, one characterized by life in the flesh and the other characterized by life in the spirit. Now, life in the flesh means life lived according to the pattern of default, experiencing a taste of new creation now, where the default is relationships marked by self-giving, joyful love. And Paul reaches for words like gentleness, peace, kindness, faithfulness, uh, patience, generosity, joy, self-control, and love to describe that kind of community. This is not a list of of self-improvement goals. It's a portrait of the qualities that naturally and invariably form into a community that that lives and remains in the flame of God's love. I, I just love it. I kind of meditate on it almost it's it's not it's not scripture but it's could have qualified could have qualified <laughs> so we're we're reading say walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature for the sinful nature desires what's contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature uh, they are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want but if you are led by the spirit you are not under the law The acts of the sinful nature are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the the like. And I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, in other words, the goodness, uh, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. So since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Now, we have a tendency as Westerners to read the, to read the Bible uh, as a letter written to us personally. But, but it's primarily written to a people. It's written to a community. It's written to the church at Galatia. It's written to the church at Ephesus. Uh, and again, the, in the Old, the Old Testament, it's written to a, to a people. It's the Israelites, 12 tribes of Israel and, the, and their various uh, offspring. And, um, but, but, you know, and, and yes, it has, but, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure we can, it doesn't take a lot to kind of think about a book that's written to an individual. You know, we just kind of jump straight to Philemon because that's bored right into, right into one person. Um, but most of the letters, most of the letters, most of the, most of the scripture that we read in, in, the, in the Bible is written to us to describe the life of a people, the life of a community. What, what does it mean to be a people who are like this? And it greatly enriches our experience of God and of his church if we can think beyond just, just our personal experience. Yes, we have personal experiences with God. That's, that's how he shapes the community. But we, as a church community, we as Urban Vineyard, have been baptized into the Holy Spirit. We are, the question that we're asking in this series is, you know, what, is, what, does, what does the fruit of the Spirit look like 
in a church? What, is it, what does it look like? You know, we, we know what it feels like to kind of try and develop these and allow this kind of life to, to grow in us, these qualities to grow in us. But what does it mean? What's God inviting us to believe and to become and to do as a community of followers uh, of Jesus in a, in a city of one and a half million people? So we're up to this, this word patience, um, which you kind of... I don't know about you, but you kind of wonder, how did, how did that word make it into that magnificent list? You know, love, joy, peace, patience. It's like, eh. Uh, that doesn't sound like a lot of fun. That doesn't sound like a great, great, um, I imagine. Um, but uh, that's been anglicized. But, it, but whenever you read, uh, whenever you see the word patience in the scriptures, it's, it's translating a Greek word, macrothumia. And macro, as we know, just means long. You know, micro was small, macro was long. And thumia is anger. So, so, so patience is macrothumia. It's, it's, it's long. It's a long fuse. It's, it's, it's this ability, it's this quality that the Spirit of God, when, we're, when we are flooded with the Holy Spirit, that it gives us this long fuse before anger blazes up inside of us. You know, we, uh, you know, it's you to be teaching this series, but... Um, <laughs> But, but for most of us, we're very aware of, of those moments when we see red and anger, anger blazes up in front of us. You know, it's, it's that, so patience is this quality that God gives us, and God gives us as a community, this quality of pausing. It's this, it's this ability to have a long fuse, a macrothumia, a long fuse before anger flares up, and and, and you know, and, and some kind of response happens. You know, and, and and remember that anger is not a it's not a sinful thing. Anger anger is a it's a human response, but it's but it's sinful when it's used in the wrong place. It's sinful when it's the first thing is is quick anger or a short fuse. You know, to see red, it's it's that frustration that rises up in us when things don't go the way that we want. It's it's resentment of God. It's resentment towards people. Um, you know, it's the gateway fruit to becoming judgmental and prejudiced. Now, I, you know, I I know that when I'm when I'm impatient. Because it's when I start finishing people's sentences, I I, I know it's when I um you know I, when when someone's talking and I'm rushing to solution you know it's like I, I I just stop talking so I can tell you what the answer is you know it's none of us would ever do that because you're better Christians than me but 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 I I know that and and again it's 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 that thing where when we're multiple lines at the supermarket and you get behind one and and whatever line you get behind it's the slow one. And it's you know, and it's and it's it's this it's this old person fumbling for change, you know, and, and how frustrating it is to kind of just use a card for crying out loud, use tap and go, you know, uh, and, and now I've become one of those old people. It's awesome. It's awesome. You know, patience has caught up with me, <laughs> and I've got people behind me going, just move it along, old guy. Come on, grandpa. Anyway, so 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 that's. You know, the opposite of patience is that short fuse. It's like, come on, I'm in a hurry. The, the counterfeit of patience is interesting. I, a zeitgeist of our time, but, but this thing of tolerance. You know, I, I think that's the counterfeit of patience. They're counterfeits because they're mechanisms that allow us not to be touched with the problem. They, they allow us to skirt around it. There are things that, that kind of go, you know, uh, I, you know I'm, I'm patient because I don't care. I'm patient because I'm not going to let this touch me. I, I'm, I'm patient because I'm not, 
You know, I'm, I'm not having an emotional response to this. You know, in, in my occasional visits to a social media site pre previously known as Twitter, um, I, I'm, you know, it's, it's always entertaining. I find it entertaining to see, that, to see the anger and the things that people say to each other that you just know they'd never say. So the, the, the counterfeit, I think, of, of, of patience is this, is this thing of cynicism, of not caring, of insulating ourselves from that kind of thing. It's like a, you know, the, the kind of the outrage culture that we find ourselves in is, is like a sugar rush. It feels like we've done something, but we've actually done nothing. We've just, we've just made sure that that doesn't touch us. Because patience has to do with anger and forgiveness. It, it has to do with, you know, we have to have patience with the world that we find ourselves in. You know, there's, there's this, it, it, patience also carries this kind of meaning of staying power and endurance and tenacity, um, determination, resolve. There's a wonderful, um, uh, he's recently deceased. Patience with self is hope and patience with God is faith. So patience with others is love. Patience with self is hope and patience with God is love. So let's, let's dig in and, and look at what, what's, what's, God's, what's God's patience towards us look like? Because that's what he's inviting us into. He's, he's inviting into this, into this journey of, of letting his patience fill us, fill every space of us, so that our lives individually and as a community is marked by patience, not an avoidance of problems, not, not, a, not a cynicism, not a short fuse, but a... But a oh, awesome, there it is. There it is. I'm so impatient. <laughs> <laughs> Um, 2 Peter chapter 3.15, thank you. These guys, these guys here deserve medals because, you know, just about every week, something, something doesn't work. It's, it's a beautiful thing. But, and they, they're trying their hardest to kind of make it just go just from here to there. Not that hard. It's, it's, only, it's only three meters. Come on, surely you could do it. But, but thank you. Thank you both. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for your patience. Your patience means salvation, just as our dear brother also wrote to you with the wisdom that God gave him. So, and, and Paul talks a lot about this thing of God's patience resulted in our salvation, that his, his, he's patient with us. Now, what this is telling us, bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation. And aren't we glad that God's patient? You know, we would be in such deep trouble if it wasn't for his patience you know so many times you, you look at the you look at Jesus training the 12 training training the 12 uh, disciples you know they managed to do all sorts of, of frustrating um, things that you and I would do if we were in that same situation I, I often kind of think the gospels could be renamed as adventures and missing the point come from you know <laughs> How long have you been with me the the prince of peace uh, you know that the, they they tried to shoo away children that and Jesus' response was always patience. You know, and you take a look at his patience with, the, with his opposition, their leading questions, their lack of compassion. Jesus was patient even as he willingly allowed them to betray him and to crucify him. And he, he was patient. He didn't he didn't lose his anger with them. You know, even the incident in the temple was was controlled anger. It was it was an appropriate response to a wrong, a wrong setting. That should not have been happening in that place. And he gave them time to, to receive a long time 
to, to well, he doesn't lose his patience, but, but, there's, the, but there's moments when he says, if, if you can't love, learn by love, then, then you have to learn by pain. And, and pain is a wonderful teacher. I, I think C.S. Lewis said something like, you know, pain is, a, pain is God's megaphone to raise a deaf, a, a deaf world. Something like, I, I probably just destroyed that quote, but oh, thank you. Yeah, so, so sometimes if, you know, his patience gets to a point where he says, well, this is not working, so, so it, you're going to have to feel something. Uh, in, in Numbers, numbers uh, 14, 18, uh, whoops, sorry, I've zipped ahead of clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children uh, <coughs> to the third and fourth generations. And then not long after that, God promises to bless the, uh, up to a thousand generations of those who keep his covenant. Know therefore that the Lord, is, your God, is God, and he's the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness. And, and all this is telling us that, that this, is, this is the way that God responds to us, that, that he gives us he gives what patience does is it creates space for grace to work. It gives it for. Or do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness and tolerance and patience, not knowing that it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance? See, it's an interesting thing. You know, I'm sure all of us have experienced this to one degree or another. But you know, God's kind to us. When, when He's kind to us, and we don't experience experience His anger when we know that we've done something wrong, it's God creating space for us to be able to come to him for change. He, he's, he's creating this moment for us. And it, and it may be a moment that lasts a long time, but, it, but he's creating a space for us to work with him, to cooperate with him. See, often, often when we fall into sin, all of a sudden there's a, there's a real peace that comes. There's a, you know, it's kind of like, well, you know, I've, I've messed it up and nothing's happened. Uh, and I, I guess I guess it doesn't really mean that much. I, I guess I guess the fact that I'm not I'm not feeling his anger, I'm not feeling his wrath. Uh, I guess I guess the reality is that that this isn't that important to God. And, and it's and it's really interesting that that oftentimes as as people step into sin and then continue in it, there's actually a release. There's actually a, there's actually a freedom that comes from walking into that sin. But it's the grace. It's this grace period that God creates to bring us back. But what it can be misinterpreted as is, is that God, it's a horrible experience of being separated from God because, by our sins. But, but, it, but it's a fascinating thing that we can misinterpret that, that moment, that, that, that kind of feeling of, man, this, this clearly doesn't matter to God. It's the, it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. He's creating space for us. So how does God form that fruit of patience in us? You know, if you've ever raised children, uh, if you've ever raised toddlers, if you've ever, if you've ever trained a pet, you're well ahead on this uh, because you know what it's like. You know, you, you know when, a, when a puppy chews your shoe, you kind of know it's not being malicious. It's just being a puppy, you know. <laughs> It's, you know, when a cat poops in the corner. It's, it's, and so we're kind of aware. We, 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 have, we have patience for that. If you're raising children, you, you, you know, my toddler, it, they're, they're not a bad person. I, I haven't, you know, I haven't raised, a, you know, a, a, a reprobate. What I've done is I've raised a toddler who, who's expressing their will, who's, who's saying, no, I don't want to do that. 
You know, we're, you know, it's, you know, we just know what kind of behaviour we can generally expect from toddlers at different stages of their life development, and we almost always act accordingly. You know, when when children are being naughty, it's it's oftentimes they're hungry, they're tired. Their, their, their nappies are wet, you know, something's gone wrong and receive from him, let's do it to others. So we don't expect better at this stage of their life. They're not being malicious, they're just, they're just being little, little children. Now, but the trouble is that we're sort, of, we're sort of so used to instant gratification that we want everything right now. As the cartoon says, runners, to your mark, get set, go, okay, come get your T-shirts. Um, I mean, that's, that's the kind of race that, that we love to run. <clears throat> Again, the difficulty is that the way that God develops the fruit of patience in us is, is that he puts people in our lives. <laughs> and he puts situations in our lives. And he, he puts employers or employees in our lives. And he puts neighbors. I, you know, I don't want it like that. John Wimber, he, he said this. He said, you know, your brother is never your enemy, even when they act like it. But the fuller quote is, we're in a declared war. But unless we are clear about who the enemy is, We'll waste our time fighting enemies that aren't enemies at all. There's only one enemy, and no matter what people do, say, or react, people are never the enemy. The enemy is our only enemy. And what God is teaching us is he's teaching us that people are the object of his, of his love. They're the apple of his eye. You know, you sit around, we're sitting in this room here, and all around us are, are the, is the pinnacle of God's creation. You're sitting beside them, in front of them, and behind them. It's amazing. And we are the pinnacle of his creation, the apple of his eyes with each other. What, what patience does, again, is to create the space to work things out in the best way. It, it, when, God, when God gives us patience, when we develop that fruit of patience in us, it, it, it just gives us the ability to kind of go, let's make the fuse a little bit longer before I, before I decide I don't want to see that person ever again. Or before I, I decide to give them a piece of my mind and, and not the piece that they want. You know, th that... That what patience does is it just creates these, these gaps, these pauses for us to stop and to think about what's it like for them? What's going on in their life right now that they would behave that way? What, why, you know, why are they, what patience does is it, is it gives us this ability to have longer fuse before we kind of go, you hurt me, so I'm going to hurt you, or I'm going to reject you, one or the other. Patience gives us this ability to, to create space so that we can work things out in the best way. We pause and we remember we're family. You know, one of the things when, when uh, Vicky and I were, would do pre-marriage training, we'd often talk about this thing of, you know, as a, as a couple, you know, one of the worst postures that a couple can be in is, is to have a problem between us, you know, and so, and, and so we're just, we're playing tennis with each other, we're, we're, we're lobbing a serve, they're, they're lobbing it back to us, you know, and so we're, we, end up, we end up picking at each other. And, and one of the, one of the problems, what, that's what patience does. Patience gives you the ability to change your posture, to, to go, this is, this is not, this is not, this is not a tennis game. This is not I serve you, you return. This is this is there's something going on here. How do we deal with this thing? Um, again, it's interesting that that you know in, in the Jesus Jesus gave a pattern for dealing with with sin in the church. He said you know if if there is if if someone's accused of a sin, and, and he lays out this 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 clear process. But the whole the whole reason this is in Matthew 18, uh, and we won't go into it, but, it's, but it's, to, it's to slow down the process. Bring a witness. Bring two or three witnesses. Grace, 
can come to work. You know, I know this, that whenever, whenever I've rushed off a reply or made an instant judgment on something, it's always bit me. You know, it's never worked out well. You know, it's all, you know and you, you sort of get to, to my stage of life and you're like, I'm so sick of apologising. I think I'll just, I, I think I'll slow things down so I don't have to do so much apologising. You know, let's, let's kind of, let's try and understand this thing bef so that I don't have to deal with that Plus saying, and I'm sorry for being such a jerk. You know, it's, it's better to wait. And until you can bless that person in prayer as one of God's fellow family members, we're probably not really, really ready to respond. You know, what, what happens as we keep walking with God and what happens as a church as we keep walking with God is we find that patience overtakes anger. It, it, becomes, it becomes more important for us to say, let's slow this down. Uh, let's let's not make let's not make rapid judgments right now. Let's let's just let's just slow this thing down. And part of it, I guess, is trying to work out, you know, why why are we so rushed? Why do we why do we so quickly want to deal with this? You know, maybe sometimes we're thinking that our needs are more important than other people's needs. That, you know that, you know, essentially. Um, one of one of the books that I read for my masters. You know, the the thesis of this book was. You know, people need, the world, the universe needs to revolve around me. If that, if that was the case, how much better the world would be? Uh, and of course it wouldn't be. So, so there's, there's this thing of patience that's, that, that God's working into us, and he's actually doing it through difficult situations. He's actually, he's in the difficult situation. He's, he's in the difficult relationship. You know, and again, this, you know, just, just, before I wrap this up, you know, there's, there's moments also where we, where we need patience for the things that we're asking God for. You know, again, we, you know, I, wouldn't it be wonderful if you could just pray, you know, and, and you just get an instant answer? It, it, it would be so of waiting, of, of having patience with the things that, that we've asked God for. Um, in, in Habakkuk 2.3 it says, for the, vision is, 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 for the vision is yet for the appointed time. It hastens toward the goal. It will not fail. And though it tarries, it will certainly come. It will not delay. And God's timing is always perfect. Again, this passage, and for the sake of time, I won't read it, but in James 5, it talks about, you know, this, you know you do, a farmer doesn't plant a seed and expect to reap a crop the next day. There's, the, there's this process that takes place. And what God's teaching us as a community is he's teaching us to give to create space, to create the space for grace and love to have its work. And we can, we can despair of the of the foolishness that we see around us you know we're, we're about to embark into election season and you know so it's so it's high season for oh my goodness um can we can we hold together as a people can we you know it, it, even in a church our size is going to be there's going to be a great variety of 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 political opinions that we will hold that are that are all rooted in our christian faith you know, it's, it's, it's entirely possible, you know. We tend to think that how could a Christian possibly vote right or how could a Christian possibly vote left? Because we're people. Because <laughs> we, we see the issues differently. And, and, and again, beyond and destruction, you know, we're, we're, we're looking at a, you know, the, a, a climate that's, that's out of control almost. And, and it's, it's hard for us to hold this thing in patience and to kind of go, but what can I do, you know? I, I, can, be, I can be frustrated and, and, and I can rage against it 
or, or maybe there's something else that I could do. The interesting thing is, you know, it, it's never been different than any other time in history. It, at the time of Jesus, you know, they were under a cruel Roman occupation. It, it was a brutal time. You, you could just be dragged out of your house and killed, you know. It's challenges. Every time in history has these moments of this, this thing's going to fall apart if we don't do something. And God's just inviting us to have patience, to, to have that long fuse, to think about what would be the right thing for us as a community to do? What would be the what would be the right thing? What would be the godly thing? What would be the what would be what would be a redemptive response to this situation? I love it in John. Uh, I can't remember if I put this in the scriptures or not. Um, I, I didn't. But in John 16 verses 8 through 11, you know, when when we when we think about the world and the crazy moral choices, the crazy. That when Jesus said this in John 16, 8 through 11, when he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. See, see, we don't need to be the ones who are pointing the finger and saying, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. It's like raising a toddler. How can we expect someone who, who doesn't know Christ to act like a Christian when Christians struggle to act like Christians? How could we do that? It's, 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 such a, it's an impossible thing to do. You need the Spirit of God living in us to be able to live that way. So he'll prove, he'll prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment, about sin because people don't believe in me, about righteousness because I'm going to the Father where you'll see me no longer, and about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. What might a patient church look like? You know, patience, again, is this quality that God puts within us as individuals and as a, as a body. It's, a, it's about perspective. It's about creating space for God to work. It's about helping ourselves and others get things right. You know, we, we're not actually in control. And, and Jesus said that by worrying, we can't add another hair to our head or another centimeter to our height. You know, we're, we're in a dance with God. He leads, we follow and we love the moments. You know, it, that for him, it's as much about the journey as it is about the destination. It's as much about the formation as it is about the final form. You know, his storm passed. Um, you know, for those of us that, that are inside church, those of us that have Christ, that, that have the Holy Spirit, you know, one of, the, one of the things that's probably really important for us in the way we treat one another is, is that we give people time to grow. That, that, you know, for me, I've been following Jesus for, for you know, coming up 50 years. I, I should be reasonably well behaved. I, I, I think it can be a little harder on me than someone who's been a follower of Jesus for, for five months. You know, it's, it's the sense of kind of giving people space and, and, and helping, helping people, you know, letting, letting God on their own. And one of, the, one of the things I think that patience means, that what a patient church would look like, is, it, is it's cutting one another a great deal of slack. It's, it's, it's stopping and pausing and thinking, what's going on for you that you would feel like that, that you would act like that, that you would believe like that? What's, what's happening for you? That we don't, you know, we don't expect people just starting out in their faith to act like those who have followed Jesus for many years. It's giving people space to grow. For those outside of the church... Well, I, I think, if anything, it, it's, it's our, our posture is to seek to understand. That doesn't mean that we, can't, that, that we don't hold, uh, you know, 
to live the Christian life without the Holy Spirit. It's not just, it's not just difficult, it's impossible. And so for us, it shouldn't, we shouldn't be surprised when people behave in destructive ways. We shouldn't be surprised at that. You know, of course it looks crazy, and of course it looks deeply foolish. <clears throat> but how would we carry on if we didn't have the Holy Spirit in us? You know, we would act very differently. We would act so destructively. And so part of this thing of being a, being a patient church, it, it's not letting go. It's, it's one of those things where we hold truth and tension. We see what God's intention is from the very beginning of the Bible. We hold that intention. We kind of go, that's God's plan for humanity. And then, on, and then the other tension is this, that if you don't have what you, I get what you, why you think that, but we don't think that. It's okay. You, <clears throat> all right. This, I, I'm, I'm kind of sensing, even as I, when I was writing this, it, it was just so easy. But, but when I'm teaching it, I, you know, you kind of think of all sorts of things that pop into your mind. And then, and then with all people, what's our posture as a, as a patient community? Well, I think it's simply this. It's just simply that every opportunity is an opportunity for people to meet the God of love. I, I, I think it's this, it's this deep opportunity to, to, to w whether we're with a fellow believer or with someone who's far from God. If, if, if there's an opportunity to love, then love. And I, I think a patient church creates space filled with grace so that the things that are wrong can change. I, you know, I, I, I don't feel like the world is out of control. It, it's mad. But it's not out of control. The, 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 God of the, the God who spun the universe into existence is still heartily in control. He doesn't need us to be scrambling. It's not for us to kind of go, oh, quick, quickly, we've got to put things right. <clears throat> there will come a time when everything will be put right. And we look forward to that time and we lean into that time. And yet at this time, how do we respond to those who see things different to understand? It's choosing to stand in that posture of, I disagree, but I'm going to disagree agreeably. You know, we, nothing is ever won by a by a disagreeable argument. You know. All right, that's that's me. So, um, I, it would be a really beautiful thing to um, celebrate communion together. So, Hayden, would you mind just letting the letting the urbanauts know that if they want if they want to come back in, this would be a great time to come back in. Um, <clears throat> you know, one of the great things that, that connects us together is, this, is this, this meal that we share together. It reminds us. You know, I, I mean, sometimes we can get so... Um, we, can, we can get caught up with our own self-importance. We can get caught up with our own opinions. We can get caught up with, with what we think is the right thing to do. And what this keeps bringing us back to is it keeps bringing us back to the foot of the cross, this place where all of us, all of us meet on level ground. You know, when, when we first met Jesus, you know, we bowed our knees at the foot of the cross. And, and, and we looked up on that cross and, and it, was, it was that reality that here's a God who loved me so much that he would not leave me alone and that he sent his son to die for me, to die in my place. It's the heart of the gospel. That at, at this communion table, we're all at the same level. We're all learners. We've all got experiences. We've, we've all seen God do things. We're all still holding things. We've still got that agony of, of heart that we're leaning into. And, and so, you know, as we come again physically 
to the one who has and continues to have patience for me and patience for you and patience for us. It's with that wonderful knowledge that he will continue to patiently draw us. He, he just he loves us so much that he won't leave us alone. And I, I, for one, am so grateful for that. I had come, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him. And then he said to them, I've fervently desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took a cup and after giving thanks, he said, take this. And share it among yourselves, for I tell you, from now on, I will not drink the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread and he gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them and said, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he also took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which God right now is holding patience. He said, I, I won't drink of the fruit of the vine until I come back, until the kingdom of God has come in its fullness. You know? and, and what we're doing is, every time we do this, is we're participating in God's patience. That we're reminding ourselves, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you are patient. Thank you that even while I was a sinner, you died for me. Thank you that it, you know, a, a week doesn't go by without me doing something stupid that I have to repent of, and yet you're patient with me. And so we enter into his patience. He's longing to eat this meal with us face to face. It's a beautiful thing. So, Father, I pray as we, as we take the, the way, we know, Lord, you're the one that's at work in the world. You're the one that's at work, at work in the church, and you're the one that's at work in my heart. And so we, we lean into that together. We thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you that it's still as powerful today on the 6th of August as it was on, the, on that night that you were betrayed. We thank you that it's still producing clean lives and renewed hearts. So come and move amongst us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.